Welcome back to Jeff Diamond's Vikings and NFL Insider, brought to you from the Aquarius Home Services Studios. Thanks to our longtime sponsors, White Bear Lake Superstore and Platinum Bank, and our producer, Brandon Morton. Best way to listen to the show is to subscribe at your favorite podcast app. It's free. It's the easiest way to listen. Go to talknorth.com, find all the shows you like, subscribe to them. You'll be a happier human being. Let's get to it, Jeff. All of a sudden, the Vikings are one and four. Justin Jefferson's on the injured list. And every ESPN show is about Kirk Cousins getting traded. How did we get here so quickly? <laughs> yeah, it it kind of kind of goes that way sometimes. And certainly, when you get off to a one and four start, zero oh and three start, one and four start, and looking ahead, if they can figure out a way to get by the Bears, which is not going to be easy after the Bears had a big win over Washington on the road and. All of a sudden, Justin Fields and DJ Moore are, are connecting. Not going to be easy in Chicago, but if they can find a way to get that win, even without without Jefferson, then then you got the San Francisco 49ers coming in on Monday night, which is they're probably the best team in the league right now. So at best, you got to figure they're looking at two and five. Then they're going to Green Bay before the schedule starts to turn in a little bit more favorable direction. Not that at Atlanta's easy or New Orleans, but Certainly, it's not Kansas City and San Francisco. So it's, it's, it's tough sledding right now for the Vikings, no doubt. And without with Justin Jefferson, it just puts more pressure on Cousins, on O'Connell, on the defense, on the running game, on young Jordan Addison. K.J. Osborne has to play better. T.J. Hawkinson has to stop dropping the ball. <laughs> so there are a lot of things that have to happen. But I've seen a lot of teams that have kind of rallied when one of their top players goes down and figure out a way to do it. And I think the best way to do it is, is to be able to run the ball, Cousins to be able to, to hit Hawkinson and Addison, Osborne to start playing better, and the defense to force some turnovers and the offense to stop turning it over. But it's certainly a challenge. And as far as the trading Kirk Cousins, I think that's really kind of absurd because who who's going to make a trade in midseason for for Cousins? And first of all, he's got a no trade clause, so he'd, he'd have to waive the no trade clause. The Jets, well, Zach Wilson's playing a little better, and they've got Aaron Rodgers coming back next year. And do they have the room to to pick up Cousins' half season salary? Probably not. Who else would be trading for him? I think it's ridiculous. And it's just it's just kind of typical of overreacting, and and the fact is that Cousins may be their only hope to to salvage the season because he played really well against the Chiefs, even in a losing cause. I thought I thought he made some great throws in the game. The I thought he made some off schedule throws that has been part of the knock the the twenty seven yarder to Osborne late in the game, and yeah, there were some miscues, especially. When KJ is not looking for the ball in the end zone, well, I think that's on KJ as much as Kirk. And his stats were pretty good if you if you add in the six drop balls in the game, three by Hawkinson. Even Jefferson dropped a pass. Madison dropped what could have been a touchdown on that screen. So I thought Cousins played really well. Why would you trade him if you do that? You got no chance. It all seems to be driven by ESPN just wanting to have something that's you know, sp- something spicy to talk about. Um, 
first of all, Cousins would have to agree to it. He seems completely invested here. Does he want to go someplace? The team that traded for him would be desperate and asking him to be a savior um, and asking a guy with an out of good playoff resume to be a savior and take them someplace. Uh, he'd have to go in and learn the new system, learn his teammates, and win right away. Otherwise, he'd get blamed for everybody. I don't know if the Cousins wants that any part of that. Uh, I don't. And, and here's the other thing. As bad as things are, and it's been a terrible week for the Vikings in every possible way. You know, they win this game. They're two and four. And, yeah, we don't expect them to beat the 49ers, but strange things happen in the NFL. And the schedule does get somewhat easier. And Jefferson could be back in four weeks. It's it's really easy for people on the outside of the building to say, season's over, blow it up. I, you've been in that building. It's harder for people on the inside of the building to say, okay, five weeks in, we're just giving up. Yeah, and I'll, I'll give you actually an example that I lived through, Jim. In in 2002, when I was president of the Titans, we started out one and four. And the the two losses to get us to one and four were bad losses. We got clobbered in Oakland and Washington upset us at home. So we're sitting one and four. And everybody's calling for Jeff Fisher, the coach's head. <laughs> and what happens? We win 11 of our next 12 games, including we come back and win the AFC South. We beat the Steelers in a divisional playoff game. And then we went back out to Oakland and got beat in the AFC title game. So it can turn around, but I think that turnaround has to start in Soldier Field on Sunday. You, if you get to one and five and then you're staring at the 49ers, then I think it's, it's pretty much over. And, and that, that, that'd be a sad state of affairs because it, you don't want a season to be that bad a shape at, after seven games. So I think this, this game is critical. They have to figure out a way to win the game. And I, and I think they can still beat, beat the Bears, even though the Bears will have more confidence coming off that big win in Washington. Justin Fields has been sacked 20 times this year. He was the most sacked quarterback last year in the league. He's still holding the ball, which I think will give Hunter and, and Davenport and the blitz from Flores, which I thought he blitzed a couple couple times too many last week against Mahomes. But then again, if, if Cam Bynum makes a, an easy interception and doesn't mistime his jump, then Flores looks like a genius sending the house on third and 18 but that was a critical play right there, very costly. The Vikings, between the drop balls, two two missed opportunities for interceptions, if they can finally get some of that stuff cleaned up, then I think they have a chance still. But as I said, it's got to start this week. It does. Are you surprised that TJ Hawkinson has had so many drops and fumbles early this season? I am to a certain extent. Uh, uh, perhaps his hold-in, shall we call it, in training mm-hmm. camp may have backfired in that regard, that he's gotten off to a, a slow start. And, and, yeah, he claimed he had a back problem, this and that. I, I, th- I think it was pretty clear it was a hold-in yep. as he was waiting for his contract to get done. I'm, I'm a little surprised because he made so many clutch catches last year. I don't remember him dropping more than maybe one or two the whole last half of the season in, in, tw- in, in 2022. And now he's already off to a, a, a bad start with, with the three drops last week. I thought he, he still could have made the play on, on the goal line against the Chargers. You expect a Pro Bowl second highest paid tight end of the league to make that play. And the ball hits his hands and it ricochets around. 
I think that what, what TJ needs to do, they talk about that tight end university thing. He needs to study Travis Kelsey a little bit more and, and Kittle and watch how they use their big bodies almost like a rebounder in basketball and box people out so they can make these plays. He's a big guy, and I think he maybe needs to play a little more physically. Interesting. Do you think Jordan Addison is ready to step forward and be a number one receiver? He sure looked like it last week. He <laughs> had some great routes and some clutch catches on third and fourth down. Really great route at the back of the end zone and a really good throw by Cousins to get to him. I, I think that he can surprise people. I think what they really need is I, I have more faith in him right now than K.J. Osborne, who I think has had some drops mm-hmm. this year yep. and has had some misplays. I think K.J. needs to step up his game, and if he does that, and Brandon Powell made, made a couple of really nice catches last week, I think they can be okay. Uh, Harry made some plays in preseason. I think they can get by, as I said, against the Bears especially if, if if the running game is decent. And and that Bears defense it has also improved. They, they did have five sacks on, on Howell of Washington, which was kind of surprising. So I think Cousins has to be careful there too. And what was interesting to me in the Kansas City game, Jim, is all the talk about Brian Flores blitzing. Well, really the more effective blitzing in that game came from Kansas City <laughs> and from Spagnola. Uh, who managed to get to Cousins a few times with the Blitz, including on, on that last play of the game, which uh, which I thought should have been a, a pass interference call, by the way, or the, or the second last series yeah. of the game. He never got the ball off on the last play because of the Blitz. But on the second to last play, and I know people like to complain about the officiating, blah, 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 but I thought that was a, a ridiculous call that he picked up the flag there when Snead clearly – impedes Addison's ability to get to the ball. Now, O'Connell said after the game, maybe Jordan could have made a little bit better effort to get to the ball, to sell it. But even still, Snead has his hands all over him. At worst, it should be defensive holding. And to pick up that flag, I thought was absurd. And and really, the Vikings got jobbed on that one. And that's not to say they're going to win the game. Because even if they have first and goal at the one and they score, there's four minutes left. And you can you can bet Mahomes would have taken the Chiefs down for a winning field goal. Yeah, very true. Bad call, but that's why I didn't dwell on that call either. Because it didn't guarantee anything just if, if it went their way. Also, they had so many of their own problems to worry about. I hate blaming things on the refs when the team doesn't perform to its capabilities to begin with. Uh, let us get to the Bears, to the rest of the league, some other Vikings issues. We do want to tell, let you know that we're coming to you from the Aquarius Home Services Studios, and we want to thank our longtime sponsor, White Bear Lake Superstore, whitebearlakesuperstore.com. Yeah, thanks, Jim. The White Bear Lake Superstore Buick GMC with my longtime friend, owner Paul Rubin, General Manager Charlie Guttrell. They're fantastic staff. Minnesota's number one volume Buick GMC dealer, six years running with the best selection in their super-friendly premium team. Check out their great website, whitebearlakesuperstore.com. You'll see $1,000 dealer discount plus a $1,250 rebate and 1.9% APR on 2023 Buick Encore GX, 0.9%. APR plus $3,250 trade assistance and bonus cash on GMC Sierra Crew Cab 1500s and 0.9% APR and 3250 purchase allowance 
2023 GMC Sierra 1500s plus no monthly payments until 2024 on many of these great vehicles. The White Bear Lake Superstore also is the Quigley 4x4 van superstore. They are a certified elite dealer. Only 7% of GM dealers make the cut. Visit in person at 3900 Highway 61 North in White Bear Lake or online at WhiteBearLakeSuperstore.com for all your vehicle needs and the premium experience. Buick GMC, we are a professional grade. Thanks also to the longtime sponsor, Platinum Bank. Happy to talk about our great sponsor, Platinum Bank. Is your bank a partner or simply a provider? In today's environment, businesses and individuals need a bank that can move quickly and act creatively. Platinum Bank understands the Twin Cities market, partnering with clients to overcome the challenges, capitalizing opportunities, and helping Twin Cities executives to grow their businesses. Platinum Bank's financial products are tailored to meet the unique needs of your organization and solve your problems, not create them. I am a very happy Platinum Bank client and account holder and have personally experienced tremendous customer service working with Executive VP Nate Erfer and VP Drew Lynch. To learn how Platinum Bank can be an asset to your business, visit www.platinumbankmn.com. Platinum Bank, providing a means to a dream. We're doing our live Timberwolves kickoff show, 7 o'clock Friday night at Headflyer Brewing. Drop by if you can. Also check out our new sports show, Dawn of Sports, Don Mitchell on sports. Mike Tirico, our most recent guest. We also have Mark Rosen, Jim Cott, and Chad Greenway on. We're going to start having a lot of women guests as well. Check it out. We appreciate it. Uh, so what kind of state are the Bears in? It seems like they've played much better the last couple of weeks. Yeah, they have, and they're they're also a one four team. I think the difficulty for the Vikings right now, they have three of their next four on the road, but they did win in Carolina, and they have had success recently against the Bears and against Justin Fields with, with confusing him, making him hold the ball. I, I think that you'll see a lot of Flores having guy having six guys at the line of scrimmage and having two two guys duck back out like Harrison Smith, Jordan Hicks. So it will be a, a, an interesting chess match. Certainly, they need to to be wary of DJ Moore. He had 230 yards, three touchdown receptions against Washington, and he is very dangerous receiver. Was part of that trade for the first pick, and and is showing himself to be a bona fide number one guy. One of the guys I'm really disappointed in this year, Jim, is is Byron Murphy Jr. at corner. He was one of their key free agent signees, about nine million a year supposed to replace Patrick Peterson. Now, I thought Patrick a little overrated last year, gave up gave up a couple touchdown passes in the playoff loss to the Giants. I, I was I thought Murphy, and I watched him in training camp, going against Jefferson a lot and, and going against guys, some of the top guys that, that came in from the other teams. And so I was expecting more out of Byron Murphy, and, and I, I thought he looked bad last week. He, he gives up a touchdown on a slant to Rasheed Rice, a, a rookie second-round pick, let him get inside him. And worse even than that was, was the coverage, and maybe this wasn't all on Murphy, but when when Travis Kelsey caught that, that last touchdown pass uncovered and he kind of floats out to the one-yard line, nobody's within five yards of him. How bad is that coverage? How bad is that scheme in that situation, Metellus blitzes. Somebody's supposed to pick up the Chiefs' best receiver, and Murphy was the closest guy to him, and so was Bynum. And so that was ridiculous, I thought, that that particular coverage on that play. 
and perhaps the Vikings might have even won the game if Kelsey had stayed out with that ankle, <laughs> but that didn't happen. And, and furthermore, you've got Josh Metellus covering Kelsey on that kind of jump ball where Kelsey makes the great catch, and then O'Connell ill-advised challenge and, and waste a timeout when they'd already wasted a timeout when when the play clock was running down, and then they have that their third timeout is used up because they couldn't get lined up on defense on the fourth and one play when the Chiefs are just going to punt anyway. That was bad stuff. So I, I think the coaching staff has to take it on the chin a little bit too for for what's happened with the start, and particularly with the, the clock management issues at the end of the Charger game and late and with the use of the timeouts in the Kansas City game. Really bad. Yeah, no doubt about it. And I, I wrote about that for the money paper. Just look, this is supposed to be a precise offensive team in its second year in its system with a veteran quarterback. And they've just had clock management problems. They've had problems getting plays in. They've had drop passes. They've had just non-crisp execution in so many ways. That's a little disturbing. Yeah, and I know, I know Cousins said, well, O'Connell wants to see what the de- how the defense is lined up, uh, how how they're who's in the game, and all this and that. Well, so what? Call a play. Yeah. Because <laughs> if you, if you're not sure, call a running player. Call call a little screen or something. Don't waste the time out with nine minutes to go. And no, you just that, can't. that was just ridiculous. And as you said, the one thing we kept hearing in the offseason was, yeah, this is this is Cousins and O'Connell's second year working together. And the first time that Kirk had the same coordinator play caller during his six years in Minnesota, well, I'm not sure it's translated into to what they had hoped at this juncture. Now, there, obviously, there's still time, and there's not going to be a Jefferson for four weeks. And I, I'm, I'm not sure he'll be back even in four weeks. I, I remember Adam Thielen had, had a hamstring a couple of years ago. It took him about six weeks to get back if it was a, a serious enough hamstring. So we'll see. On, on JJ, if he can even make, make it back in four weeks, he, he's he also a lot been, younger. He's a lot younger than Adams at, at this this time, so maybe he can, and and I'm sure he'll work hard to do that. But uh, it's it's a concern. So it's going to be very interesting to watch how things unfold this week with with the what kind of success they can have with the running game, what kind of success they can have with Addison and Osborne and Hawkinson. Powell, Josh Oliver got to catch the ball, by the way, and not fumble. <laughs> because not only did he have the fumble on the first play, he had a, he had a touchdown in his grass, went right through his hands too. So they, they've got a lot of stuff to clean up. Yes, no doubt about it. Okay, let's get to some league stuff. You've identified the trend that every time we uh, get really excited about a team being dominant, they tend to, to get beat the next week. Buffalo was that team this week. They blow out Miami. Then they go over to London and they lose to Jacksonville. Uh, pretty remarkable how it keeps happening in this league. Yeah, definitely. It was In week three, it was the Cowboys losing at Arizona. Everybody's talking about, oh, the Cowboys, their defense is unbelievable. They were 2-0. They, they get beat in Arizona. Then the Dolphins score 70 against Denver, and then they get crushed in Buffalo. And then, as you said, the, the Bills go to London against, against the Jaguar. Jaguars and I got to say I kind of called that one because Jacksonville had stayed in London two weeks in a row and I think that was a big advantage for them against Buffalo in that game and and they were able to get that win so if you talk about upset alert perhaps this week 
with, with the hot teams, well, you look at the two unbeaten teams, and that's San Francisco and Philadelphia. Well, San Francisco's got to go to Cleveland coming off their bye, and the Browns' defense is one of the top in the league. Perhaps they can maybe be the first team to finally rattle Brock Purdy, who now is 12-0 and in games he started and finished. <laughs> Unbelievable what, what, what he's doing. But he's certainly got a great supporting cast to help him. So I, I think the 49ers, that could be an interesting one to keep an eye on this week. And the Eagles are at the Jets. I, I don't see them having too much trouble there with with Zach Wilson, who is playing a little bit better. And they did beat Denver, which I think I think most of the league was very happy to see them beat Sean Payton in that game. But But there are a lot of interesting games this week. And as we mentioned before, Detroit goes to Tampa Bay. So we'll see how that one shakes out well and let's get into our picks so we can talk about this new england is terrible and they're going to go play uh josh mcdaniels and vegas who are not as terrible it feels like things are f- absolutely falling apart in new england yeah it's really weird uh, to to see the the two worst losses of, of bill belichick's 20 plus years as the patriots head coach 38 to 3 to da- in dallas and then even worse, 34 nothing shot out at home by the Saints, who aren't exactly a juggernaut on offense. And Max Jones is benched two weeks in a row. The Raiders, they've got that whirling dervish of, of, of a defensive lineman in Crosby. He was fun to watch against the Packers, man. He was, he was cranked up and, and all over the place. And, and Jordan Love kind of came back to earth in that game, too, by the way. So... I'll, I'll take I'll take the Raiders in this game certainly. <laughs> yes, no doubt about it. Uh, do, could you see Robert Kraft firing Bill Belichick? I don't see I don't see him firing him in season. I think I think it could be a wink wink. Hey Bill, time to ride off into the sunset after the season if if things don't improve. But certainly he would never fire Belichick during the year. But I, I think there's a, a, a fairly decent chance that it could be Belichick's last season in New England. And certainly, I, I think his time to be GM and coach should be over. And I, I never really bought into that in the first place. I think there have been maybe two, two uh, guys around in the history of the NFL that have done that effectively. Maybe three, maybe Paul Brown, Vince Lombardi, and Bill Walsh, even Parcells. He, he couldn't really get that done when he, when he had all the power. Um, and so I think that, that Belichick, the GM, should, should take a back seat and let Belichick, the coach, have someone else do the personnel work. But I don't, I, don't know if Belichick, I don't know that Belichick's ego would let him do that. No. Uh, Philadelphia at the Jets. Pretty easy pick, huh? Yeah, I, I like the Eagles in this game. The... Certainly Jalen Hurts is, is getting back on track, had 375 combined yards last week, and and Jalen Carter, their first-round controversial pick, had two sacks. So, I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll, t- I'll take the Eagles in this game definitely over the Jets, even though that Jets defense is still pretty good. Detroit at Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay is better than we thought. Yeah, that I think is a really interesting game. The Bucks coming off the bye. I, I did I did do a a story for for my thirty third team website this week on, on the the most and least impactful free agent signings from the off season, and my most impactful free agent signing was Baker Mayfield 
which mm-hmm. started with week one against the Vikings when when he led the upset. And he had a great game in New Orleans, a, a big performance in week week four when they knocked off the Saints. He's playing really well. The, the knock on Baker always was he threw too many interceptions. Well, he's only throwing two picks this year. His his rating is over 101. And I'm gonna I'm gonna take the Bucks in this game. I think their defense still has enough kind of juice to it with, with some of those veteran players. And Mayfield is playing with confidence. I, I know Detroit's playing really well, but they're almost a little too high on their horse <laughs> right now. And I think they're due to get knocked off. So I, I'll take Tampa Bay in the upset. Really interesting pick. I, I'm gonna take Detroit, but I, I, I admire the pick. All right. Vikings at Chicago. The Vikings hardly ever win in Chicago. They're going there without Justin Jefferson. They absolutely need to win to keep the Wolves at bay. What do you see? Yeah, I see I see a close game. I see a tough game. I think the, the Vikings are going to play it fairly close to the vest. But I, I think the quarterback matchup still favors the Vikings. I think Justin Fields, he, he had a big game against, against Washington. I, I don't know what the, the commanders were doing that game because they were just – it must have been asleep on the short week. But Fields still holds the ball, as I said. He's been sacked a bunch. I think the Vikings have a chance to, to get to him this week. I'll take the Vikings. I think it's going to be a, a fairly low-scoring game. I'll, I'll call it 23-20. I'll go 20-18 Vikings. They win. They get to, to at least extend their season a little bit, and then we'll see what's going to happen. Let's get a final thought from Jeff. Thanks again for listening to TalkNorth.com. Check out the Viking Update Show, all of our hockey stuff, chin music on baseball with myself, Roy Smalley, and Lavelle Neal, uh, Don, Don Mitchell's new show. Check it all out, and we do appreciate it. Jeff, final thought. Yeah, when I, when I was talking about the most impactful free agent signings and the least impactful, one of the most kind of underrated, Gardner Minshew, probably the best number two quarterback in the league, and, and he's 3-0 and this year for the Colts, who were expected to be lousy and led an upset win in Baltimore and came out off the bench last week to, to, uh, to, to help the Colts win the game over Tennessee. And all of a sudden, the Colts are tied for first in that division. The other thing that, that was interesting to me when I kind of did my research for this story was to look at a couple receivers, Jim, who were much ballyhooed this year coming in to their new teams. And I'm talking about Odell Beckham and Juju Smith-Schuster. And, and OBJ has only played two games. He's got seven catches for 79 yards. Actually, he's, he's played three games, missed two games with an ankle injury. The Ravens paid him $15 bucks this year. And so certainly they were expecting more out, out of OBJ. And, and so was Lamar Jackson. So the Ravens not getting much bang for their buck from OBJ. And Juju Smith-Schuster, it's just got to be – crushing for him he was Patrick Mahomes leading receiver last year has 78 catches and he goes to New England he's got 14 catches for 86 yards no touchdowns playing in all five games after signing a a three-year 25 million dollar deal so a couple of receivers that we thought would be much more productive not so productive with their team so far wow yeah great points All right. Good stuff. Uh, Thanks, Jeff. Thanks to Brandon. Thank you for listening. We do appreciate it. We'll be back next week. We'll see where the Vikings are then. 